Good morning, church. Can you hear me? Fantastic. Today is Remembrance Sunday, and I want to talk about how we live in the light, not the darkness that some of us may be finding in our society, uh, as it all seems to go down the pan, uh, if you put on the news, uh, and the darkness we may find in our hearts, uh, some of us, uh, if we're honest with ourselves. I don't know about you, but I don't often find myself in the back of a taxi, um, any taxi drivers in the house, uh, I apologize now, um, but I find them expensive. Uh, they're convenient, yes, um, but the bus will do uh, often, or my legs on my bike will do. Uh, but uh, a couple of years ago, I found myself in the back of a taxi. Charles, the taxi driver, uh, and I were following the critical care ambulance uh, that was transforming, uh, trans uh, transferring sorry, my son, Henry, from one hospital to another. Henry had just sustained a um, significant head injury, uh, and now he was in a critical condition, uh, and we were heading to the bigger hospital uh, because they could offer the care uh, and the support that Henry needed. As we followed the ambulance, Charles asked me, what do I do? Always a risky thing to do when you have a vicar uh, in the back of the car. Over the next uh, 40 minutes or so, he starts telling me uh, his story and his hopes and his fears. Uh, and uh, if I'm honest, I'd wish he'd just given me a bit of time to just process what was going on, because uh, I was thinking about that ambulance, uh, if I'm honest. But anyway, I listened. And as we talk about, uh, as he talks about his life and what's going on and about his uh, faith in the Roman Catholic tradition, uh, suddenly I thought, uh, or the God um, challenged me to think, this guy seems to know the law of his faith, but does he know the love of his faith? Law will get you so far, of course, it will teach us how to live, how to be righteous, but ultimately it's love, isn't it, that hung on the cross that got in the way because the law wasn't getting us there by itself. We need the love. So as we're driving, I decided that this probably won't make him crash the car if I ask him this question. I said, Charles, what do you know about the role of the Holy Spirit? We got there. He stumbles and he gives me a, a, a reply that he clearly is thinking quickly and you can see the cogs going. Uh, and I said, what do you think of this third person uh, in the Trinity to try and make it a safe conversation for us to have? And then I share why without him, we are just stuck in the impossible task of trying to be holy on our own. We, there's a bridge that isn't yet built if we don't have the Holy Spirit. We're trying to get there. We know the destination, but we can't get across it. So I then spend my time talking as we follow the ambulance, saying why the Holy Spirit is the source of life, the helper, the one who, draw, who draws friends closer to each of us than our own breath. Upon arrival at the hospital, I asked Charles if he'd be happy for me to pray for him to receive the Holy Spirit afresh. He didn't tell me to get out of the car quickly, he said, yes, please. And I was amazed to see him spirit-filled again as I really wanted to get out of the car and get into the hospital and to see what was going on with my Henry boy. Friends, this morning, are you like Charles, 
the taxi driver? Do you know the law? Do you know your Bible? But are you forgetting, am I, are we forgetting that it's love that wins, it's love that gets us there and meets us each and every day? Do you find yourself today aware of something bigger than yourselves? Perhaps you've started to grasp what the gospel is. Perhaps you've seen the text. Perhaps you like the community here, but you don't quite yet know how to get over that bridge. Well, friends, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. There's good news. You're not alone. We've all been there, and we all need to be spirit-filled each and every day. So I've got three thoughts that I'd like to share with you this morning as we look over Romans 1. If you've got the text, you have it to hand, we will be going through it. Uh, there are Bibles at the back if you would like one too. The Spirit gives us an identity. The Spirit makes us holy. And the Spirit helps us to pray. Paul, in our text today, goes straight to the uh, core of our self-identity. In his opening, did you notice how he leapfrogs to the middle premise of his argument? He uses the word therefore because he clearly wants each of us to see what God has achieved in Christ by the Spirit for you and for me, for our communities and for all of creation. Paul wants us to know that to be in him We do it through the Spirit. That's what gets us to God. And it all begins with the work of the Holy Spirit. As Paul writes in verse 15, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we call Abba, Father. We can have that intimacy, that closeness, that oneness with God because of what Jesus has done on the cross and because the Holy Spirit makes us more like Jesus each and every day. Notice here how our adoption is not achieved by our own achievements and ability, but by the Holy Spirit's work. As the newest vicar here, I'm glad that that is true. It's not by my ability. It's not by my own achievements that this church will go back into renewal mode. But it's by praying, come Holy Spirit, have your way, sustain your church, build your kingdom here, less of me, more of you, which will mean that we will have something, friends, to pass on to the next generation and the next generation. The theologian Jane Williams uh, once said, the Spirit's job is to make us to be able to stand in Jesus' own place in relation to the Father. The Spirit's job is to make us able to stand in Jesus' own place in relation to the Father. Only because of the Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are we in the Son Sisters and brothers, this morning, on Remembrance Sunday, this is your identity. You get to stand in the same place as Jesus does in the throne room for the whole of eternity, 
when you say yes to Jesus each and every day. So do you know that you are so loved, so secured, and that you matter so much to God? Because the Holy Spirit wants to speak that and sing that over you each and every day. In our text today, Paul insists that it's in the Spirit himself that testifies and that enables this insurance, this assurance for us. Take a look at verse 16. The Spirit itself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Wow. It's easy, isn't it, to read that, to say that. But imagine what it would look like if we lived it. More days than not. The lightness and the joy and the expectation that our town would see as we walked around as children of the risen God. Maybe today you're struggling with your identity. Maybe you don't know who you are meant to be. Start with Jesus and come and pray, Spirit, fill me, afresh me. Let me know who I am in Christ. Our text today tells us that our identity is that we are the beloved children of God. My second point, the Spirit makes us holy. I wonder what words you would use to describe yourself, what words play in your mind time and time again. Is it smart? Is it dumb? Is it kind? Is it horrible? Is it good looking? Is it ugly? Is it ambitious? But what about the word holy? In verse 23, Paul writes that the spirit is the one who is renewing and restoring this new age. And it will take time for it to come to fulfillment because everyone has a part to play. Spend the time thinking of what God has done in your life and know that he will finish it because that's what God does. He doesn't start a new work and then run off and do something new. But he stays, he's committed. Jesus could, could have got down of the cross if he wanted to, but he hung there because he wanted the work to be done, redemption for all creation to be fulfilled. And what he, what he started in you, he will finish. But it's a lifetime of hard work, isn't it? It's very easy on day one to be excited about it. It's like going into the Apple store or wherever you go, to the plant shop, wherever it may be, and getting that new thing. But when you take it home, you've got to look after it. You've got to be tender to it. You've got to walk through it through the good times and the bad times but you've got to be hopeful that you'll get through it with it. There is such an awesome power in the Holy Spirit because it's the source of life and it's what calls us to step out from those places of shame and fear into light and hope. And we are to live it out, aren't we, church? This is not a club. This is not a holy members only There is no fee to come to church. There is an open invitation to come and belong, come and be where you should be. In Genesis 1, we're told that we got to walk in the call of the day with our Lord. 
We get to walk each and every day with Jesus through the Spirit. And this is why we keep our doors open through winter, because as darkness comes in, we will keep that light burning and saying, only Jesus, only the hope of Jesus achieved on the cross will do. Come and meet him. Come and be filled up in the Spirit. I don't know, there may be some in the room who think that, God, I get that, kind of big guy in the sky, beard, you know, often looks quite, you know, masculine, doesn't he, in the pictures. Jesus, you know, sponsored by Daz, uh, white, you know, whiter than white, often very Western, you know, not at all anything that he would have looked like. And then you get to the Holy Spirit and you think, ooh, that's a bit too touchy-feely. That's a bit too, bit, bit too many shades of grey there for me. Well, friends, our text today and in 1 Corinthians, we are reminded that the Holy Spirit will not overwhelm you, but the Holy Spirit will sustain you. There is no, uh, um, no invasion, no control, but there is only partnership with God and it's the gentleness of the Holy Spirit that will allow the transformation to take place. The Spirit wants to work with St. Paul's. The Spirit is working with St. Paul's. The Spirit has worked with St. Paul's since we started over 125 years ago. I wasn't there. My skin uh, isn't, uh, um, I haven't got good skin cream. But 125 years ago, the Spirit um, pulled a, a group of people here to put a tin church, probably where the, um, the church hall is, just over there. And the bishop said, you've got two years, two years of funding to do this. And if it grows, you can keep it. If it doesn't, I'm taking it back. And what happened? God turned up. The spirit moved. Faith is alive in this place because people have not just met the man, but they live it out. They know that Jesus is for them because they are holy people of God. Let's stay the holy people of God and go for revival so we've got something again for the next generation. My third point, the Spirit helps us to pray. How often do you talk to God? How often do you uh, stay quiet so God can talk to you? What do you talk to God about? All of us, I suspect, feel like beginners when it comes to pray. Sometimes I've got lots to say to God and it flows like a beautiful song. Sometimes I've got nothing to say to God and I'm praying, talk to me, Lord, talk to me. Give me a word, give me a sign. I was walking into St. Paul's a couple of days ago uh, and I was feeling the weight of the ministry of vicar. It's, it's, you know, there's quite a lot uh, going on. And I felt it in my spirit. And as I looked up, I saw a rainbow right over where St. Paul's was. And I thought, gosh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's not me. It's you. It's you, Lord. It's your kingdom. I just get to play a small part in it. Keep talking to God because the spirit helps us to talk to God. In the next bit of our text, in verses 26 to 27, Paul reminds us that it's in our weakness that we are to know what to pray. Paul is not condemning us here. 
Rather, he is doing the opposite. He is reminding us that when we pray in the difficult times, we remember what God has done in the easier times and the better times. No one finds praying easy. No one um, has the best prayers to pray. Jesus had the Psalms and he prayed them. Go to the Psalms if you're struggling for a prayer today. But friends, be prepared when you talk to God, he will talk back to you. It may not be directly, it may not be from you know, a lightning bolt, it may be in creation, it may be in a bud, it may be through a, a friend, it may be through a text. But we've got to work hard, haven't we, to see how is God talking to us. In the winter of 1944, Hugo uh, and his father were together in a concentration camp. And on the eve of Hanukkah, the Jewish festival of lights, Hugo's father took a homemade clay bowl and a, lick, uh, and a wick which he immersed in their precious rationed uh, margarine and he created a makeshift candle. Hugo, the son, protested to his father and he said, Father, we need the food. We can't afford to waste it on a candle. But his father replied, we need, oh, sorry, his father replied, sorry, let me try again. His father replied, people need hope. And without hope, we can't survive. People need hope. And without hope, we can't survive. Friends, there is nowhere where the gospel of hope doesn't go. And as our country faces poverty and inflation and political turmoil and the climate emergency, as our town shuts down and people step out, are we going to open up and step in to those places and be the bearers of hope? I really believe that renewal is coming to St. Paul's. I really see it in the words and the encouragements. We're in a hard place at the moment. We see the bridge and we've got to step over it again together. Together, we've got to remember that it's King Jesus who calls us forward. Sisters and brothers, 125 years, we are still here. How? Well, it's because we've prayed each and every day, come Holy Spirit. It's because every day we've gone for hope to be our USP, to be our strapline, to be what we're about. Sisters and brothers, now is the time to stand in our new identity. Now is the time to be praying like mad and to be speaking to God. And when he talks to you and we discern it together, then we must act on it. We are to be the holy people of God as winter comes and to be those light bearers, not to go and to hide our light, but to show it. Light a candle on your windowsill. God is calling St. Paul's afresh 
to play its part in new ways because we long, don't we, that through the Holy Spirit of God to see the renewal of our town, the renewal of our hearts as we follow the way of Jesus. Amen.